Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Friday edition of the program. We've made it to the end of the week. Unfortunately, the weather, at least tonight and tomorrow, doesn't look that good for a weekend. Maybe some light snow or flurries and temperatures for uh, early April. We're headed into mid-April that just aren't really what you want to see this time of year, especially with baseball season here. And uh, speaking of baseball, yesterday I, I meant to tell you Drew Ellis, Jeffersonville product, uh, played some with the uh, the Diamondbacks last year, went back down to their AAA club, got a chance to work with them again in the spring training portion of the season. Uh, he was uh, able to make the start yesterday with the Diamondbacks. There was an injury, I understand, that opened up a spot for him, and I'm sure that he is going to try to make the most of that and see if he can hold up with the Major League club this season. Uh, but great for Drew Ellis to get an opening day start uh, with Arizona yesterday as the Major League Baseball season is officially here. Let's take a look at the show lineup for this Friday edition of the program. Segment one, we've got a number of different headlines to get to to set you up for the weekend. Some basketball stuff, IU stuff, uh, really interesting news yesterday afternoon about a new NIL collective that is pairing IU athletes with charities. We'll have more on that, but Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson were named in this press release yesterday as athletes that have signed deals. Now, that doesn't mean there's no connection to that, uh, that they are definitely coming back, although it would maybe make some sense, but uh, part of the NIL process uh, signing someone to a deal does not mean that uh, you know they have agreed with them that to stay another year. So we'll we'll talk more about it. I know this NIL stuff can be confusing, but it's really interesting. And this uh, this new collective is especially interesting because it's people and maybe I guess businesses donating uh, this collective, pooling money essentially to pay athletes deals to connect them with charities. So it's kind of got a double-edged sword, a double positive, I think. You've got athletes getting paid, and you've got charities in the state getting the notoriety of having these people be spokespersons or in advertisements, uh, in social media clips uh, for charities. Not businesses, not for-profit situations, but for Nonprofit charity. So we'll talk about this very interesting uh, situation here in just a little bit as well. Also, uh, later in the show, Jeff Rabjohns of Peaks.com is going to join us today. We're going to talk a lot of things. NIL with Jeff. I'll obviously get his thoughts on a number of the uh, players here this offseason that we're waiting to hear from and wondering what their future in Bloomington could be. So we'll cover a lot with Jeff. I want to try to get into some recruiting with him as well because college coaches won't be out this weekend, but 
it's going to be a really big weekend uh, to kick off recruiting because you've got the Under Armour and Adidas circuits in Indianapolis. The Nike EYBL is down in Orlando, and it won't be long until college coaches, at least for one weekend in the spring, can get in the gym, and that'll help us kind of find out who IU is prioritizing. But gosh, so much has changed with recruiting from high school because of the transfer portal. I was uh, was listening to something the other day, Ron Hunter the former IUPUI coach who was so energetic and so fun to watch, went to Georgia State, and I'd kind of lost track of him. He's at Tulane now. He basically said uh, he's not going to recruit high school players anymore. It was a radio interview on some XM radio station. He said, you know, I'm going to focus on guys in the transfer portal because if they're transferring from another school, and I'm paraphrasing what he said, but if they're transferring from another school – and committing to me at Tulane, they really can't go anywhere because what happens, you recruit high school athletes, somebody at a school like Tulane overperforms. Coach Hunter did a good job finding a prospect, and all of a sudden somebody at a higher level wants them. So the player enters the transfer portal, and there you go. Uh, so very interesting take there, and uh, boy, high school recruiting has changed. Uh, that won't affect the coaches, though. They'll be out on the road trying to get a peek at things coming up here in just a few weeks. And then later in the show, Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star joins us. Plenty of basketball stuff to get to with him. The Indiana All-Stars were announced earlier this week. The Indiana Junior All-Stars were announced earlier this week as well. And uh, plenty of stuff to chat about when it comes to hoops. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And a reminder, the Thornton's text line is always open here on the show. The number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Love to get your thoughts on the transfer portal. Jeff Rabjohns is a great resource for IU basketball. We'll get the opportunity to chat with him uh, in segment number two. Send in your questions for him. All-star Mr. Basketball, high school stuff for Kyle Nedenrip. The number is really easy, 502-414-1450, 502-414-1450. Thornton's in the Louisville Urban League. They're excited to present a mega hiring fair featuring multiple employers looking to hire right now. The hiring fair will take place on Thursday, April 14th at the Norton Healthcare Sports and Learning Center at 3029 West Muhammad Ali Boulevard in Louisville. Come on out from 3 to 6 p.m. and don't forget your ID and resume. Lots of great jobs to be had at the Louisville Urban League and Thornton's partnership here. A mega hiring fair coming up on Thursday, uh, April 14th, just a little bit later this month. Let's look at the headlines for today. Uh, Some things I think you need to know about surrounding IU basketball specifically. Uh, Zach Osterman, who's with us on Mondays, he kind of broke this story yesterday. There is a new name, image, and likeness collective that wants to connect IU athletes with charities and nonprofits across the state. It was launched last month, and it's called Hoosiers for Good, and it announced yesterday that it has helped facilitate 14 different NIL deals uh, or 14 different IU athletes' NIL deals, Uh, seven different sports included, eight charitable partners included, the uh, sum of these total arrangements, these 14 athletes and their arrangements, $470,000. This is the uh, organization, uh, the work here done by uh, Tyler Harris, 
uh, who is the director of Hoosiers for Good, and it's the brainchild of a, a guy named Pete Yonkman, who's the Cook Group president. I think everybody knows the Cook Group in Bloomington and the Cook family in Bloomington. Also, former AD Fred Glass, he's involved. He's kind of the attorney for the outfit and has been very involved in Hoosiers for Good. And uh, this uses NCAA rules that allows athletes to make profit off of their likeness, their social media uh, influence, public speaking, advertising appearances. And you can think of Hoosiers for Good kind of as a clearinghouse to help connect athletes with different different charitable causes in the state, uh, kind of serving the organization serves as a, as a clearinghouse to raise and facilitate donations and contributions and then set official deals with the different athletes. Now, a number of athletes, football players, I saw a diver, uh, male, female athletes, uh, part of the 14 yesterday. But the one that probably caught everybody's attention and immediately uh, started a lot of speculation yesterday was Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson. They were listed as partnering with Turnstone, which is a support center for children and adults with disabilities in Fort Wayne, and also an organization called Stop the Violence Indianapolis. So people, again, this is just common thought here. You see a release come out on Thursday. The TJD and Race have signed deals as part of this NIL collective. There's kind of been some word, some rumor out there that their deals were probably a great majority of the $400-plus included in this because of their big names and being men's basketball players at a program like Indiana. And you wonder, does that mean that they're both coming back? There were people yesterday upon reading this that thought, okay, that means they're coming back to Indiana. However, as part of the article that, that uh, 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 Zach had yesterday, uh, Fred Glass said, you know, this does not mean this has no connection to their uh, return to uh, Indiana. There's specific rules that state you can't tie an NIL package with certain things in recruiting uh, in that process, and you can't tie an NIL package with, you know, this is contingent upon you returning to school for another year. So it's it seems possible that Race and Trace, with it being early mid-April, could complete whatever they're being asked to do as part of this NIL deal with advertising or social media influence or attending some events at these different charities, it's possible that they could accomplish their work uh, before school dismisses and before they move on to other opportunities, another school, in Race's case possibly, or in Trace's case, some sort of professional basketball, maybe overseas for Race as well. So, But there also is the thought that Signing such a big deal uh, could mean that they do plan to stay and capitalize maybe on other NIL opportunities and really bring in some big dollars uh, if they both were to stay for another season. So very interesting announcement. I think the Hoosiers for Good uh, charity is very interesting, uh, number one. Number two, it makes you wonder what is the future going to be with race Thompson and uh, Trace Jackson Davis. And one other thing I wanted to mention, we talk so much about the transfer portal. I saw a tweet yesterday that kind of, I I really had not realized this. I knew there had been talk of it, but I did not realize it was set. Last year, things got even crazier for college coaches with roster management, trying to figure out who's coming and going because July 1st was the deadline to enter the portal and get to another school. Uh, This year, the uh, deadline for immediate eligibility is not July 1st, it's May 1st. So that means 
from now to May 1st is going to be absolutely crazy because players have to, as I understand it, enter the portal by May 1st, but also select a new school by May 1st if they are going to be immediately eligible using their one-time transfer and ability to go straight to another school and not sit out a year. Of course, if they're a graduate player, they would not have to sit out either. So very interesting. That's going to speed up things. And again, it's probably going to, the madness is going to be the same amount. I think we're going to break a record again this year on number of players in the transfer portal, but it's all going to have to be done with sooner, which I think does help college coaches, especially with high school recruiting and what they're going to need to do over the summer in that realm of things. But uh, boy, the next three weeks uh, when it comes to seeing who's going to enter and where people are going to go, it's going to be a race uh, for all this to, to come to a, cl- a close. Also, one other star, uh, Indianapolis Star story I wanted to mention, this one by Dustin Dopirak, who's on our show Wednesday. Uh, he wrote a story about Thad Matta accepting the Butler job here recently. And uh, Thad, with some interesting things about his role at Indiana as the associate athletic director for men's basketball. I guess he was kind of asked, hey, you know, what was that role about? Uh, he was very low profile. Thad did not entertain any media request. Uh, obviously, as a former Big Ten coach, former Butler Xavier coach, when he came into the realm, the fold at IU, people wanted to talk with him. But he felt that wasn't his role because it was Mike Woodson's program. But he mentioned that he, he just helped uh, Woody with rules and maybe putting a staff together and different responsibilities for his staff. And, you know, Woody comes from professional basketball. There's so many different things at the collegiate level when it comes to recruiting and rules and the transfer portal and just so many different things. And it sounds like he was the guy that kind of figured out and suggested to Coach Woodson uh, the team is eligible for its once-every-four-years foreign trip uh, and that kind of got the ball, ball rolling on the uh, Bahamas opportunity last summer in the first few months of Mike Woodson's time at Indiana. Uh, he also talked about his role in the background, being in the office, uh, helping with some video stuff, sitting in staff meetings, sitting in uh, practices, but really not having a on-the-floor or in-game um, uh, uh, role for Mike Woodson and the Hoosiers, but he credited his year with with Woodson, and he actually, you know, really credited Woodson. He said, "I learned a lot of basketball from him," but he credited his uh, year with Woodson to really help uh, stimulate his interest in being a head coach again. And so, I thought that was very interesting to see Coach Matta take over uh, at Butler, and again, much more in the public eye now. Uh, as uh, the head coach and instead of being in an administrative slash support role. But a very interesting story yesterday from uh, Dustin Dopirak in the Indianapolis Star. Also, former IU player Jamal Meeks. It's fun to keep up with former Hoosiers. Uh, it's been officially announced he's going to join Michael Lewis's staff as an assistant coach at Ball State. We had Coach Lewis on the program last Friday. It was great to catch up with him. And he's starting to make some moves to put his staff together uh, at uh, Ball State. And uh, also, again, we'll talk about this later in the show, but a reminder, if you're in Indianapolis or you're going to go to Indianapolis or you don't mind the drive to Indianapolis this weekend, uh, IU 2023 commits Ja'Kai Newton and also Gabe Cups. They will be uh, playing in Indianapolis this weekend at the, I believe Cups is at the Under Armour event, and I believe uh, that that is where Newton is as well. So uh, two IU guys playing in the state. I'm sure a lot of IU fans will check those out this weekend. And one other note I want to mention today, Romeo Lankford uh, finally 
uh, not on the injured list for the Spurs. He was taken off a week or so ago, and I think got just a few seconds, few minutes of play, and then went back on the injured list. Now he's off and played last night. I saw the box score last night. He logged 10 minutes and 51 seconds of playing time. The Spurs lost 127-121. Romeo was one of one from the field, one of two from the free throw line. He had three points and one rebound in the game last night. So not a standout line at all for Romeo, but, hey, he's back. He's getting some time. Uh, the key for Romeo Lankford is can he stay healthy? He's not had, knock on wood, any real serious injuries here lately, just little nagging things that have kept him out for precautionary reasons. Let's hope that – I know the season's almost over. The Spurs have one or two regular season games left. Uh, I think they've got an opportunity to get in that play-in uh, little four-team tournament for the seven seed in the Western Conference. Uh, let's hope that uh, they can find uh, that so Romeo can get some playing time. Uh, if he can stay healthy, let's hope. But, uh, gosh, a, a better year next year as far as health goes with a new team and a new opportunity uh, for Romeo Langford with the Spurs. We'll head to a commercial break. Jeff Rabjohns is next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Friday program, and Jeff Rabjohns of Pigs.com is with us for the first time in some months. Jeff, it's great to have you back today. Matt, always great to talk to you, man, and what a fun time of year it is. Yeah, lots of uh, activity, lots of recruiting, lots of transfer portal stuff, and I actually want to start with NIL. I've got a few questions for you uh, that you're probably as well-versed as anyone in the IU uh, media world to address. Let's talk about yesterday. This Hoosiers for Good NIL collective, uh, Race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis have signed deals with this group to uh, do some work at, at various charities, whether it be advertising or social media influence or whatever the, the agreement may be. A lot of fans, when that news hit yesterday, immediately uh, thought this is great because not only are they getting some money here for charity work, but that must mean they're coming back to Indiana for another season of basketball, but that not isn't isn't necessarily the case. Is that correct, Jeff? Correct, correct. Uh, there's there's no guarantee that the players return just because they signed an NIL deal, and it's actually illegal to make an NIL deal contingent upon a player enrolling in a school or being there the next uh, the next calendar year. So even though people are making assumptions, and they're natural assumptions to make, they're very natural assumptions, but I, I think because NIL is still pretty new, uh, there are some assumptions out there that people are making, and they're assuming things are facts when they're not really facts. Um, now, do, does this suggest you know, something might be likely? Well, I think that's normal to assume, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. Um, and so Trace Jackson Davis uh, and Race both signed deals. Um, Trace, I, I still at this point in time expect Trace to at least contemplate um, testing the waters to get direct feedback. And I think most people know this, but um, 
just for clarification, you have to technically put your name in for the draft, even if you just want to test the waters. Like, for example, Nigel Pack did that from Kansas State. He's planning to transfer to another college, but he put his name in just to be able to get direct feedback and potentially maybe work out for an NBA team or two and find out what they think of his game and go for there, go from there. So even if Trace does test the waters, that doesn't mean he's definitely leaving either. Uh, he's got a decision to make, but I, I, it, it's not going to be a total shock uh, if, if that decision is still, you know, a little, you know, a week or two away. Uh, maybe even more if he decides to do workouts for NBA teams. All right, one other NIL question for you, Jeff. Um, I know this collective Hoosiers for Good is the second. Uh, NIL collective that I've seen to support either IU basketball, football, or athletes in general. Do you have any way to gauge other Big Ten schools, other blue blood college basketball programs, how Indiana's doing right now as far as NIL opportunities go for its student athletes, specifically basketball players? Yeah, I mean, IU is getting going. Um, And IU, the university, I I think people know this as well, Indiana University can't make deals. Um, those have to come from businesses, boosters, fans, that kind of stuff. So the schools themselves can't make deals. Uh, they have to come from basically the business world. Um, so IU, you know, the institution did a lot to promote the players on social media and those kind of things. Um, but, you know, overall, uh, I, think, I think boosters were a little more hesitant um, you know, IU boosters were a little more hesitant than maybe some places. And part of that kind of stems from just, you know, IU's had the general mentality of, hey, we don't pay players. It's not what we do at IU. Uh, it's a very noble, noble gesture. And a lot of other places, let's just live in the real world for a moment. You know, there certainly were some back channels, shall we say, where at other places, um, you know, players were able to find some sort of, um, uh, additional reward for playing at certain schools. How's that for a, for a diplomatic <laughs> phrase? Um, but I mean, there, there were, there were, there were people at other schools, boosters who, you know, were accustomed to the, the idea of funneling money to players. And at some places, the only thing that changed was the delivery mechanism. Instead of it being under the table, now it's above board, but the money was already there. The pools of money were already there. The mentality of, hey, you know, we need to take care of our players was already there. So in the end, I think kind of had a little bit of it took a little time to sort of build up just an acceptance of all this. That, hey, this is the real world and, and this is kind of the way we need to go. And obviously, uh, you know, the, the Hoosier Hysterics were the first ones to put together a collective. Um, uh, they got, you know, some involvement from Mark Cuban and some other people. Uh, but they're doing a lot of probably what you call crowdsourcing. You know, a lot of a lot of IU fans are basically going on uh, Venmo or, or what have you, PayPal, and setting up, you know, regular monthly payments, uh, contributions, uh, you know, $10, $15, $20, whatever people can afford to try to create uh, a pot of money to be able to help out with, with NIL deals. And the Hoosier Hysterics Collective is focused on basketball. Uh, that collective is, is about trying to help the basketball program. And the way their their goal is to be able to get really good NIL deals for basketball players, which um, is good for the program. And even though you can't straight up offer NIL deals to recruits, what you can do is tell them facts. For example, let's say let's say Trace Jackson Davis gets 
I'm just going to make up round numbers. Let's say he gets 200,000 in NIL deals. Okay. Well, you can go to recruits and say, Hey, by the way, here's what our guys got in NIL. You can pass along factual information. So that's, that's where NIL becomes really impactful. Um, because it's just, it's something that becomes known and then it becomes a piece of, of marketing and recruiting. Um, so that, that's where NIL is really important. So as far as where IU stands, you know, it's really hard to gauge because it's new and you're trying to figure out what's real and what's not with NIL deals. Because I know some things out there on social media are, are massively overinflated. Um, you know, I know some people through AAU and some other things and, you know, I've gotten some numbers and, you know, there's, there's been claims of certain players getting half a million dollars and their guys are like, no, man, it was, it was 150 grand. You know, it was really good, but it was 150, not five, but schools aren't, aren't running around telling people, no, our guys didn't get this massive amount of money. They're happy to let big numbers float uh, because it does nothing but create good buzz for them. Um, so, <laughs> excuse me, Right now, um, you know, I'd say I use probably around the middle to upper middle, uh, you know, upper part, upper half of the Big Ten. But that's just kind of a ballpark right now. Um, but, you know, IU does need boosters and businesses uh, to continue to step up on that front. You know, I look at college basketball and I think about what we would be, have been talking about three, four years ago in the off season, uh, I don't want to say to fill time, but uh, that would be the case. Uh, now we're talking about transfer portal uh, players coming and going, and we're talking about NIL deals, two things that just four, five, six seasons ago, off seasons ago, would not have even been uh, legal. Uh, none of this would have been. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's a whole different landscape now, you know, and it's kind of like that old Mark Twain quote, the only thing that's permanent is change. And we're certainly seeing that uh, at rapid speed in college basketball. You know, the transfer portal, and especially allowing people immediate eligibility one time during their college career uh, with a transfer, that means, you know, so many guys can look at their situation and, and transfer, and they don't have to sit out. So there's, there's far more movement now. Um, and you see players going from mid-major up to high-major, you know, like, for example, Michael Doerr did last year, going from South Florida to Indiana. Um, you see guys who don't get to play a lot at high majors dropping down a level. But there's just an awful lot of movement. And then, yeah, with NIL, it's, you know, we're talking about, you know, big dollars. Um, you know, the Hoosier Hysterics, when they ran their fan fest, you know, they had, uh, you know, Mark Cuban, Kroger, a whole bunch of other businesses involved. And they were able to generate enough revenue to, um, provide NIL deals for everybody on the basketball team. Even the walk-ons got a little bit, but every scholarship player got an NIL deal through the Hoosier Hysterics Fan Fest. And, you know, a few years ago, those things didn't exist because those mechanisms didn't exist. And now it's just, uh, it is part of the landscape and it's going to be part of the landscape moving forward. And it's something everybody has to navigate. And with the portal, you know, it, it makes spring uh, almost another recruiting season as far as who's going to leave your team and go in the portal and who can you bring in. Um, most teams, it's a couple players here and there. Uh, obviously, Eric Musselman at Arkansas is doing what he did in Nevada, and it's, I think he's got, what, 10 new players right now, something like that. 
Uh, he's obviously probably the extreme example, but we're seeing a lot more player movement each spring, which means teams can get better or potentially could get worse every April and May, and I think that's the way it's going to be from here on out. All right, Jeff Rabjohns, Pigs.com, with great stuff so far on NIL and, and also the transfer portal. I mentioned this, uh, Jeff, in the first segment today, but one change in the transfer portal this year is that if players are going to be immediately eligible and use that one-time transfer they have, it's not July 1st as a deadline now, it's May 1st, which that's I think the number is going to continue to grow and, and we're, we'll probably break a record as far as number of players in the portal this year, but it's going to be a crazier April because it's all got to be done by May 1st. Is that right? <clears throat> yeah, you have to declare by May 1st. Um, uh, I, if Assuming I'm reading this correctly, and again, this stuff continues to change year by year. But my reading of it is, yeah, you have to declare by May 1st, and then you can, you still have time after that to, to pick a new school, obviously. Um, but most, most players, most colleges are looking at May 1st as sort of the deadline to try to have their roster set. Um, so, yeah, so April is going to be, you know, a crazy month. It, it really is. I mean, you, you have, like, this weekend is a live evaluation period which means college coaches can go out and watch players in person. So from tonight through uh, Sunday, late afternoon, early evening, college coaches are going to be out on the road watching players. They have two of those three-day weekends in April. Well, if you're trying to get portal players in, what do you got to do? You got to get them on campus. So there are some schools that are, that are trying to navigate, okay, how do we get players on campus, portal players, and – show them a good, have them have a good visit, and also be out on the road. So there's a lot to manage. There are some colleges I know um, who are probably only going to have two of their four coaches out on the road. You know, they can, colleges can have the head coach and three assistants on the road during live evaluation periods, so four coaches total. Some schools are going to have two coaches out, two coaches hosting visits. Um, so it, April is going to be really different for college coaches to try to navigate. Yeah, no question. Jeff Rabjohns, Pigs.com, our guest. I know you did a great job breaking down what Trace Jackson Davis's uh, timeline could be like on declaring for the draft and what that process includes. Obviously, with Race Thompson and even Xavier Booker, who has some other issues going on now as well, and anyone else on the roster, I mean, we're going to find out here literally in weeks uh, if there are going to be any more departures from this IU program. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. And I, I think, um, I mean, I think right now uh, with, with Xavier Booker, I think the most likely outcome, and again, I only say likely because we're talking about a legal situation, which has to be resolved. You know, he, he has a court date, initial court appearance this afternoon. So that could come to a resolution. You could have continuance. All kinds of things can happen in legal situations. But I, I think right now the most likely scenario is that gets handled legally fairly quickly, and I, I think he's I think he's on the team next year. I, I think that's the most likely scenario. Now again, Mike Woodson gets to make a decision as well as the courts, and so does the IU athletic department. But I think right now the most likely situation is Xavier's on the team um, with Race and Trace. You know they still have decisions to make, um, so we'll see which way they, those guys go. Um, and I think the other person I'm kind of keeping an eye on is Jordan Geronimo. Um, you know, he's originally from New Jersey. Um, I know there are, you know, 
people back home telling him, Hey, there are options here on the East coast where you could go start. And, you know, Indiana and Mike Woodson are, are working very hard to make sure that he sees, you know, a clear future for him at Indiana. Uh, but those are the kinds of things that happen. Um, and so I, th- I think those are Trace Jackson Davis, Ray Thompson, Jordan Geronimo. To me, those are the three guys uh, that you're kind of keeping an eye on here um, as, as April moves forward. And then with Trace, potentially even into May, if he does workouts for NBA teams. All right, good stuff from Jeff Rabjohns of Peaks.com. Uh, Jeff, uh, you are a hard worker, and I know with it being a live period, with there being all sorts of basketball in Indianapolis this weekend, you're going to be out and about uh, interviewing a lot of the prospects, including Gabe Cups and also Ja'Kai Newton, who are both going to be playing in Indianapolis this uh, weekend. Uh, maybe a th- your thoughts on both of those guys. I know you've gotten to know them. You've interviewed them. You've seen both of them play now multiple times. Can you tell fans what kind of players IU is getting in both of those guys down the line a little bit? Sure. Uh, let's start uh, Ja'Kai Newton. He, he's around six foot three. You know, has, has a bigger physique, um, sort of that bigger, stronger guard. Sometimes you see, like maybe with the better SEC teams, maybe with the better Big Twelve teams. Um, his shots coming along. Um, he, he had a number of games this past season where he made multiple threes. Um, he can drive it. He can rebound. Um, he's listed as a combo guard right now, but he with with his frame. You can almost see him being the third guard if you kind of played, oh, like say Villanova does at times, where really instead of a small forward, it's a third guard. So he's he's got that bigger frame where he can do that. Really good length. Um, he he's now ranked, you know, he's a top seventy-five type prospect. With Gabe Cups, you're talking about a pure point guard. Um, just absolutely tremendous at running the show at the point. Had had I think it was right around a seven to one assist to turnover ratio. Uh, he is outstanding at running the team, shot nearly 40% from three, knows how to create shots for other players. Um, you know, one of his teammates is going to Florida State. You know, he's got another teammate uh, who's who's getting mid-major offers and, and, and even getting a walk-on look from Indiana. But Cups is just pure point guard. Um, and he, he's now, you know, a national, I think he's top, uh, around the top 100 type player. But he, he really runs the show really well. You know, his team won 45 consecutive games, including a state championship and a state runner-up. Um, they played about as tough as a schedule as a traditional public high school can, especially one that's in a conference. You know, they, 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 they had a game against uh, SoCal Academy that had a five-star point guard. Uh, they played against Huntington Prep, which had a point guard who at the time was committed to Oregon State. Um, so he really challenges himself you know there's all kinds of players out there some run from competition some accept competition when it comes and some run toward competition Gabe Cups is certainly one of those kind of players who runs toward competition all right Jeff Rabjohns pigs.com you can read his work at the pigs.com website you can follow him at Jeff Rabjohns on Twitter Jeff uh, enjoy the live period lots of basketball watching uh, recruit watching, as you call it, coming up for you this weekend, and uh, we'll look forward to your reports. Always a good time. Hey, appreciate 
Appreciate it. Always good talking to you, my friend. Take care. Absolutely. Jeff Rabjohns with great stuff today. And I had said earlier in the show that I thought this weekend was a, a dead period as far as coaches being on the road. Uh, no, this weekend is live, as Jeff mentioned. Then April 22nd through 24th, it is also a live period. It got from two to one, and it's back to two now. It's confusing, but coaches will have two weekends in the month of April to get out on the road. And then, of course, when they get into June and July, some additional evaluation periods for different events and uh, some high school stuff at NCAA camp, and then also a weekend for the travel and the shoe stuff, or a couple weekends for the travel and shoe stuff as well in the month of July. So a busy uh, spring and even busier summer coming up on the recruiting trail for college coaches. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. Uh, Indiana All-Stars announced. The Junior All-Stars announced. We'll talk all of that and more. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Friday program. Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star, my guest, as always, in this segment. Kyle, a busy time for basketball as far as announcements go, even though the state tournament uh, has concluded. We got the Indiana All-Stars recently. We also got the Indiana Junior All-Stars as well. Brandon Northern of Silver Creek, he's the real local representative on the All-Stars this year. And uh, I think a solid all-star team. What's the outlook? I mean, Indiana has dominated that series now. For the most part, uh, can the Hoosier team do it again this year? Yeah, I think so. It's it's probably not the uh, the deepest class that we've had. I mean, I would say last year was one of, probably one of the more, you know, I remember talking to you about that, was one of the deeper teams that we've had. And, and really from a size and geography standpoint it was kind of the perfect uh indian all-star team from just all over the place you had guards wings uh you know size you know this year's team is a little bit more uh guard heavy i would say and uh kind of knew it would be that way and i thought it may open the door for you know some other uh players you might not expect uh with size to make the team but uh you know, they decided kind of went in a you know the other direction of just kind of all right let's just play a bunch of guards and and you do have some size on the team obviously but uh, maybe not to the extent uh, that some other years have been certainly last year uh, for sure but you know I think it's a good team I mean it's you, you have definitely a lot of uh, uh, shooting and uh, speed and, and things like that of course the big surprise I guess was Fletcher Lawyer declining to play so you miss out on having one of the best in-state players the Mr. Basketball runner-up on the team but uh, other than that I think you probably got a you know especially for an all-star type setting uh, a pretty good team that I think will handle itself pretty well. All right to any word on lawyer and why he declined the opportunity he was runner-up for Mr. Basketball and sometime you'll see a player announce they can't because of another conflict or they've got to report to school which 
for a number of years, that really affected the game. A lot of a lot of really mm-hmm. good players both ways. Indiana and Kentucky had to miss for those reasons. But I haven't seen anything specifically from Lawyer. It's a question I've had a few times. Has there been any detail as to why he's not going to be there for the All Star games? Well, you know, it's one of those <laughs> things. Like, yeah, Charlie Hall. You know, I remember uh, this has been probably 2016 or 17, and we were down in in uh, Kentucky, and, and at that time they'd flipped it to. You know, for years it was Friday, Saturday. You'd play Friday in Kentucky, come back, play Saturday here, and the week would be over with that Saturday night. Well, they a couple of years there, they went back to a Saturday, Sunday. You'd play the game in, in Kentucky on Sunday. And, you know, there was a year there where, you know, they were down, and I, I can't remember. I'd have to look back. It was either – I think it was 2016, uh, and they were down to like eight players. And, you know, they had uh, – Desmond Bain was on that team, and – but you had some guys missing uh, who had to go off to college, or they chose to anyway, that Sunday, and they had to get to their, their venue uh, that day. So they started workouts on Monday. So, you know, Charlie was pretty distraught. That, 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 that This is just kind of a longer backstory to why it kind of is the way it is now. But he wanted to get, uh, you know, confirmation from these players if they're going to play in the event the full week, uh, both games and everything, or you're not going to be on the team. Uh, and he wanted at that point to put it in writing. Uh, you know, I don't think they ever officially had people put it in writing, but they got, uh, you know, at least verbal confirmation that you're going to play. In, instead of just naming the team, basically, they needed confirmation you were going to play in the games uh, to have enough players. So, you know, that changed things a little bit. So now Mike Broughton, uh, who followed Charlie Hall, he'll call and make sure, you know, when he tells them they're on the team, you know, confirm that they're going to play in the game. And, you know, they decided – uh, to do it that way. And I, I think probably makes sense, you know, to uh, approach it that way. Well, you know, in, in, in this case, you know, they, you know, I know Mike uh, was able to get a hold of lawyer finally and, you know, through, uh, you know, and lawyer told him like, he's kind of just moving on, you know, and he's, he's not going to play. Uh, so I don't know on the record, you know, what all the details are. I think he kind of figured it out, you know, um, that uh, he was runner-up, and, and uh, you know, I guess in, in fairness to him, you know, he's just ready to move on to Purdue, you know, and I, that's your right, you know. I think it's, uh, you know, it's your right to do that if you want to, and you're probably going to face a little bit of blowback because of that from, you know, whoever, uh, and if you're fine with that, then I guess that's certainly you can do that. But, um, you know, so that's kind of where it stands. I mean, I, I've talked to people about it, yeah, but not, not – uh, on the record, and I reached out to Fletcher, and he hasn't uh, said anything about it. So, you know, I guess for now, you know, that's that. But, uh, but yeah, it's kind of a weird deal, I would say, uh, especially since his team, future teammates won Mr. Basketball. Uh, but uh, it is what it is, I guess, as they say. Yeah, for sure. Kyle Nedenrip, Indianapolis star, my guess. Junior All-Stars were announced as well. Um, I, really, it, nobody in our immediate area, this part of southern Indiana, on the core group or any of the other secondary groups to get a chance to either scrimmage against the seniors or play a two-game series against the junior all-stars from the state of Kentucky. But what's the outlook there? Yeah, I, I, with the junior team, you mean? Yes. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a good class. I really like that class. It's again, you've got uh, I think just a lot of depth. You know, even the players who didn't make the junior all-star team. You know, in my opinion, you know, there's a lot of guys who I think could maybe even play their way into uh, all-stars who aren't even among those 18 uh, players. So, 
you know, I think it's more kind of like the 21 class was with, because you got some guys like Booker and Zane Doty, who uh, people probably don't know yet uh, very well around the state, but played at Ben Davis. And, you know, he's a, uh, he's a guy I think is going to be at least a mid-major type of player, um, you know, and then you've got some other, you know, Marcus Burton from Penn, who I, people probably don't know that much yet about either, who's a really good player. Uh, so you you get some guys who are kind of under the radar and vastly improved, I think, uh, from sophomore to junior year. Uh, you know, so I really like that class. You know, and I, I think it's got some some you know national flavor with a guy like Booker who's getting some USA basketball opportunities. So, and I think he's going to be a a guy who doesn't go off to prep school. I could be eating my words in a few months, but I think he's going to end up staying uh, in the state and playing, uh, you know, for Cathedral next year. So. You know, I, there's a lot of a lot of really good players in that class. I would say from a depth standpoint and uh, some high end talent as well. Yeah, absolutely. Had a, had a question come in for you, Kyle, on the Thornton's text line. Said, "Ask Kyle, please, his thoughts on Casey Kalen of Providence, who had that huge performance in the two A state championship game over Central Noble. I think we discussed Providence and some takeaways from that game uh, the week after his performance in the Pioneer state championship bid. But uh, your thoughts on Casey Kalen and uh, his effort, especially in that state title contest." Oh yeah, yeah. I really impressed uh, with him, and uh, you know, a guy who's a multi-sport guy. Always kind of, you know, good to see that. I would say, you know, and I know that's easier to do maybe at the smaller school, but obviously he's uh, he's thriving, uh, you know, as a basketball player as well. And uh, you know, I, I really thought he was kind of the gamer for them throughout the tournament. Really, if you look back at their uh, tournament run, he was the kind of the engine behind uh, an offensive end to end defensively they're so good in various places defensively but uh yeah i thought you know he's he's uh he's legit and uh you know got him there for a reason he's a, a good leader for that team all right kyle nedrip the indianapolis star he joins us fridays kyle i'm sure you'll enjoy some basketball this weekend in indianapolis we'll talk with you next friday all right man have a good weekend a couple other texts to get to uh texture says you and jeff were both saying xavier booker should have been xavier johnson i I thought I said Xavier Booker. I meant Xavier Johnson, but I didn't realize that Jeff did. Sorry about that. And another text from earlier I didn't get a chance to bring up to Jeff. John Calipari to the Lakers. Any insight on that? As a Hoosier fan, that would be great. I don't know. I've heard that so many times that Calipari is going to go back to the NBA. Maybe after the season he had, the NCAA tournament he lost he had, the blowback from the fans Maybe that's a possibility, but I have no idea. Have a great weekend. Try to stay out of the snow. I'll be back with you Monday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report.